When I get a text message in the car, I've got this ugly voice that reads them to me. Um, it's, it's awful, and I can't figure out how to change that voice. Um, she freaks me out. She scares me every time she reads text to me. And this was no different. There was about 10 days ago, I got a text from William Bailey, who is uh, a member here at Christ Church and, and is the director of development for um, Good Samaritan Center. And, and he and I have become good friends. And he texted me, and this, this eerie voice read Will's text. It did not sound like Will. But here's what she said. She said, How can I more fully live into Christ's will? Whoa! You know? I, I almost pulled over and sent him an emoji of a smiling face going, What? You know, like, you pulling my leg? But before I could do that, I got a second text from him, read by the same freaky woman in my car, and it, it said, when you have five minutes, I would love to chat about this question. Five minutes? For that question? That's when I realized that Will was really serious, and that he had honored me with such an incredible question. And so I took it seriously, and I prayed about it and thought about it, and um, last Monday we were carpooling together to our young men's Bible study on Monday night, and he got into the car, and I said, you know that question that you texted me? And he said, yeah. And I said, I've been really thinking about that. Um, and here's my answer. You can't. The car got quiet. It's like, you can't. You can't fully know Christ's love. You can't. You can't know Christ's love on your own. You have to have Jesus Christ in your life in order to fully know Christ's love. You know, we spend a lot of time, and we talked about this in the car, and I said, you know, we spend a lot of time as followers of Jesus trying to add stuff to our life, thinking that, that it would make an impression on other people and that it would make an impression on God. Like we go to Bible studies and that kind of thing with the wrong intention. We go there to check it off the list that we're getting closer to God because we're, we're studying the Bible rather than the intention that we would actually surrender to God's will and God's love. We spend a lot of time looking at those hopeless people, right? Those down and out and, and how great we are and how we should do something for them when really we're the ones that have the hopeless feeling. We spend a lot of time doing a whole lot of stuff and not actually allowing God to transform our life. And we think that in our busyness within our life and within the church, that somehow we would earn the respect of our Lord and Savior. And it's just not the way it works. How can I have a deeper relationship with Christ? You can't. For it's the death and resurre resurrection of Jesus that allows us to have that relationship to begin with. We can't do anything except respond to the grace and love and majesty of God in Christ Jesus. And I think that's what our parables are talking about today. We could look at these parables that Jesus um, shares with us and we could think, well, you know, Jesus is telling us 
the people that know God to go out into the world and find the lost ones and bring them back to the church because we know what we're doing. We're holy. We're great. We're, we've got our stuff together. We don't need Jesus as much as they do. Those people. And if we were to read the parables that way, I would think we are missing the boat. Because I really believe that these parables of the lost sheep and the, and the lost coin are about you and I and our lives. That there always is a portion of our life that is lost. There are um, misinterpreted intentions. There, there are ideas in our life that actually um, pull us away from God rather than into God's loving presence. There's things that we do with, with the wrong understandings. And, and we need God in our life to actually reach out to us, pursue us, and pull us back in to the flock and the coin purse. For there's always a part of me and a part of your life that is sinful. We're not perfect. So these parables are speaking directly to us. Directly to us saying that, that we have to surrender to God. And allow God's love to heal us and mold us and shape us and bring us back into the fold. Bring us back into God's will. And when that happens, someone throws a party. Someone celebrates. It's not us. It's Jesus. You see, the good shepherd and the woman in these parables is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When we surrender our lives to Jesus and Jesus finds us in, in our lost states and in the aspects of our life that, that are, are, are misguided and, and, and misfiring, God comes in and reaches out to us and pulls us back in and that causes God in Christ Jesus to celebrate. To celebrate our redemption, our renewal, to celebrate the refreshment that we find in surrendering to our Lord and Savior. You know, this was a lesson that I learned really um, so fully this week. On Thursday, my daughter gave her senior chapel talk at TMI. And it was in that chapel talk that, um, that I really got to hear what is going on and what was going on in my daughter. She, she mentioned that in her talk that uh, she mentioned that when she was a freshman and sophomore in high school that, that she was lost because she was doing things to, to actually um, win the favor of her friends and her teachers and her family. And that um, ultimately that wasn't really who she truly was and, and there was a disconnect with that. She actually said, I was lost. She didn't know that the lessons for this Sunday were about the lost sheep and the lost coin. And she actually said, I was lost. I was lost because I was living for someone else. I wasn't living for God. I was living to try to impress people and to win their favor. It even went into the uh, classes that she chose and she actually joined the debate team and, and became the, the captain of the debate team in order to win the favor of the other fellow debate students. And long behold, it actually worked out that the debate students bullied her and treated her poorly. 
She wasn't doing it for the right reasons. And it caused pain. On top of that, I turned to her in the middle of her sophomore year and I said, there's a 99.9999999999% chance that you won't be going to this school next year, that we'll be moving. And she said, well, where are we moving to? And I said, I don't know, because <laughs> I didn't. And that caused even more pain and even more sense of being lost and not knowing where to go. Two weeks before school started here in San Antonio, we learned that we would be coming to San Antonio, that I had received a call from Patrick to serve here at Christ Church, and that we had been um, gifted a position, a place for Cooper to go to TMI. And all of us were excited about all of these new things. And what topped it off for, for Cooper was that she arrived at TMI and, and the guidance counselors and teachers said, what classes would you like to take? And it gave her an opportunity to not think about, well, what would make a great impression on other people, but what is God calling me to be and to do? How am I to use this opportunity to, to have two more years of my high school career at a new school to actually not worry about what others think of me, but worry about what I can do to help others? And what classes will I need to take in order to actually live more fully into God's will? It's an amazing transformation, and it wasn't one that Susan and I taught her but it was God at work in her life because we were going through the same tough times as she was going through and we had to fully surrender time and time again to God's grace and love and trust that God had a plan. And last Thursday when I heard her stand in front of all of her classmates and share her senior talk, her chapel speech, I was so proud. So proud not because of what I had done as a father or what Susan had done as a mother because we've had our little part in that, but so proud of the TMI community and the Christ Church community for loving my daughter in such a way that she would know how much God loves her and how that has changed her life to the point where Cooper last year started a kindness club, a club that she thought that no one would like and that everyone would hate, but the realization is that the whole school rallied behind her and actually began to treat each other with a depth of kindness that they had not seen before on the campus because she had the perseverance and the love of Christ in her heart to lift up other people and come to a point where it wasn't about what other people thought of her. An impressive young woman. Thank you, Cooper, for teaching me this week. I love you dearly. Thomas Merton, a contemporary theologian, says that the greatest initiative of our life the greatest initiative of our life is to grow more deeply in love with Christ by surrendering to his will.
Hear that again. The greatest initiative of our life, the greatest, the greatest initiative of our life in order to grow and more deeply into Christ's love is to surrender to his will. Meaning that it is Christ that works in us to form us and shape us and heal us to be the church and to be God's people. What can you do in order to deepen your relationship with Christ? Let go. Let go. Let God be in control. Let go of our ways of thinking that we're always right and be thinking about how you can act in the world in the right ways. And those right ways are love and grace and peace. Let go of the need to actually aspire to something and actually have others look up to you and be more concerned about how we can lift others up and inspire them to be the ones that God has created them to be. You see, that's what it's all about. God renews us. God heals us. Through the cross, we are forgiven. And in the resurrection, we have hope. Not so that we can lord it over other people, but so that the brokenness of our lives could be mended and made whole, and that we then can invite others into that same way of being in order to lift them up and give them peace. I pray that we continue to be that community and that we would make it so. Amen.